They just gave us a, a fancy WCCL water bottle. Ooh, nice. Let <laughs> <coughs> me actually fill up my water. Yeah, I'm a professional now. All of a sudden, you're two minutes in, and you're like, "Oh God, I just need that water so bad." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't I don't have an assistant, guys. All right. One last drink of water and then we'll go. is Purple Highs. I am Mark Bondi here with my co-host PJWD and we are chronicling the days of wild. We are super excited to be here today. Uh, it's been a minute. We apologize for our uh, inconsistencies on the podcast front but COVID kind of sent us for a loop and we're trying to find our rhythm again uh, but we're here today uh, really with a special guest uh, Matt Liddy uh, producer at WCCO. Uh, Matt goes back to our era at Southwest High School so we've known uh, Matt for a little while, and, and he found a, a video of Prince. So we're going to talk about that today, uh, kind of find out the story behind it, and uh, just get into it. I'm pretty excited. Dudley, how how you feeling about it? I'm, I'm feeling good, man. Um, like we posted on our socials, uh, Matt had sent me this video. Not, we'll get into that, but uh, you know, it's just amazing to see the world react to this video. Everybody's seen the video now, so... The cat's out the bag. Okay. Yeah, you, you had a, you had a little sneak peek on it all. So uh, it, it's exciting times, and we're gonna just talk about uh, how it came to be, how Matt found it, and it, it should be a fun uh, conversation. So you know, with that, Matt, why don't you just give us your story? How, who are you? Where'd you come from? Like, give us the background of uh, Matt Liddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. This is uh, this is a fun one. I'm part of my press tour this week that's pretty unusual <laughs> for a behind the scenes guy but yeah I grew up in in South Minneapolis and uh went to Southwest High School with you guys uh left Southwest left bri- yeah left briefly for for Madison I don't know if everyone's gonna cheer for Madison but uh went there and came back here uh started working at WCCO 20 years ago now so right in late September 2001 and I've had all sorts of roles here from uh you know, basically an intern to production assistant to producer to executive producer, and now I'm the production manager. So my role now is kind of overseeing the uh, studio operations at the station. And um, as we get into more of the print story here, I'll, I'll explain that, you know, my job right now really doesn't have much to do with finding, you know, <laughs> this is total <laughs> luck. So I, I was not part of the story. I had nothing to do with, I was just curious. So so uh, it's as, a far as, re- as far as WCCO, like you started as an intern and you worked your way up your whole career there, huh? Yep. My entire career has been here. Uh, awesome. It's really been a, a, it's a fun job. It's a stressful job, but it's, uh, it's just a unique, you know, not too many people get to do the kind of thing that I do, which is going to work every day and really not have a clue what you're going to be working on because hmm. uh, it just depends on what's happening in the world. So uh, it's been a very, very enjoyable job. And, and 
I there's definitely no exaggeration in saying that this has been the most fun week of my entire <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, it's, it's just it's been a, incredible. <laughs> it's a significant one, you know, and, and growing up in Minneapolis, kind of coming from South Minneapolis, Prince's Prince's backdrop. I mean, how connected were you to Prince and who he was in your youth and then into your days at uh, WCCL? Yeah, you know, I really, I, I consider myself a casual Prince fan. I, I I was a fan growing up, but I wouldn't have been the guy who could list off the albums and tell you everything about them and, you know, uh, know what was going on, going down at Paisley on any given weekend. I, I was not that guy, but I enjoyed his music. Uh, and then as I got older, I enjoyed it more. You know, saw him, Dustin was with me at a concert at, uh, at the Dakota in 2013 <laughs> that that was the first time that for me really explained it all to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it, was I, that your first just, time seeing him? It was my first time seeing him live and it just shocked me how incredible it was. Now it was the Dakota with 300 people. So that's yep. just an incredible place to see him. But I was, I was absolutely blown away by his guitar playing. Uh, I'm a huge music fan, but I, I just, you know, again, I, I would consider myself someone who, enjoys his hits, doesn't know a ton about the deep cuts. Uh, and then that concert blew me away. It was, you know, I, I'm a huge Stones fan. So I, I probably have to put them as my favorite concert ever. Mm-hmm. Close, close second is the Prince concert. It was just, it was incredible. And his guitar playing and musicianship and stage presence and everything um, really struck me that night. And that I became a much bigger fan that night. Um, and then I worked, you know, I worked at WCCO when he passed and that day was one of the harder days of work of my Mm -hmm. 20 year career. It was also another eye opener about just how massive an impact he had on the world. And, uh, you know, being somewhat of a casual fan, it, it took me, it took me you know, I, I was taken aback by it. It was, it was, you know, we were getting calls that day from radio stations and TV stations around the world wanting us to help weigh in on the, on the, on the death of a superstar. And, you know, I reached out to Dustin that day because, because of his connections and, um, you know, that, so having that accurate, having that experience as well also really opened my eyes as to how, <laughs> how massive yeah. he is. And then this one, same thing, you know, it's, yeah. it's it did, th- that's why his death uh, was the reason why this did not shock me nearly as much as it shocked some other people because right. um, oh, just, I, I could just tell a relationship to the scale. Deal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause all of a sudden the world is uh, rolling into Chanhassen and into, you know, Minneapolis in full force. You, you've seen that one time before. So it's really quite interesting. On the Dakota, do you know what night you went? What what show was when, that? The last one, Friday, second show. Okay. Um, go ahead. Was Dustin the hookup there, or were, did you just no. run into him there? How did you get uh, well, the Dustin, tickets? I would and, say Dustin is the hookup in that he had told me that if you just go shortly before the show and stand there, somebody might walk out and say tickets, and that's exactly what happened. And that, but for, actually, it's a good story because I so Dustin told me that, and I told somebody else that at WCCO who's a huge Prince fan, and he and his wife went to the early show that night. And I just told him, you know, might as well go over there at seven thirty and just stand there for a half hour, and you never know, you might get to get in. 
And sure enough, they're standing there at 745 and somebody walks out, sells tickets for, you know, I think it was 300, 350. It was pretty expensive. <laughs> it was an expensive <laughs> concert, but it was worth it. And anyway, so he went to that show. I had no idea if he had gotten in or not. And I was at work that night doing the 10 o'clock show. So at 10.15, he comes running into the station because it's right across the street from the Dakota. He's all sweaty and out of breath. And he just slams down a ticket on my desk and says, <laughs> thank you for the hookup. Now I'm paying you back by giving you it. So he had bought another ticket for me. He did the same thing. After the show, he stood there and waited. They had another ticket. He bought one for me, slept it on the desk. And I'm, you know, then I'm shaking as I'm sitting yeah. doing the show. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to finish the show and walk over to the Dakota and see Prince. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's and, amazing. And, just for, and for those that are listening geographically, WCCO and the Dakota are, are essentially across the street for, from, uh, from one another. So it's just a nice, uh, you know, easy walk and, and the venue it's, you know, they do a lot of uh, jazz music, kind of sit downs, table type thing. Uh, it's real kind of classy and small, right? So it's a real intimate venue. And Prince came and, you know, from what I hear, um, turned it out. I was in Copenhagen at the time, so I missed that gig. Uh, but I got, you know, daily reports from all kinds of people around how uh, amazing. And he was testing out the new band at the time. So it was real raw yeah, he and was fun. I didn't have anything to compare it to, but he was in what seemed to me like a very good mood that night, very fun, playful mood. Um, you know, they had cleared out all the tables in the Dakota, so it was just kind of one big, and big is, a, is not accurate. It's a small club, but in, in the space, it was big for that space. Yeah, and then uh, loud. That's the only other thing I remember. Yeah, it was, well, my, ears, my ears were turned it off. Yeah. Days after that, it was <laughs> yeah. You got you it was almost it scary. Up. It was almost scary how I was like, man, I, that probably took three years of hearing off my life, but again worth it <laughs> worth it you know so you got a little ringing in the ear you know and, and prince used to go there too just to go check out gigs and see people uh, uh you know play he was he was a relatively frequent guest of the dakota and would you know find his little spot in the back and you'd see him come in and you'd see the security roll and be like all right prince is going to be here tonight um so i think it's got some some significance you know i think people think Oh, Prince was just hanging out at First Avenue, but he was hitting venues around the city, and that was uh, a common one. And obviously, he liked what he saw there enough to say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend." Uh, I think it was six performances, right? Three nights. Six. Yep. Yeah, three nights, two performances each night, and uh, it, you know, good gigs all around. Now, did you see him again after that, or was that the nope, first that and last it. time? That was the first and last time. So okay. I regret never going out to Paisley. I regret, you know, those are the kinds of things that you kick yourself for now, but uh, I still have a great story and a great concert and uh, I'll, I'll enjoy that for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. We, don't, we, we don't normally have people on our podcast who have not been to Paisley to see Prince perform, but we're going to make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> I got an honorary membership. Yeah. yeah. You get an honorary membership, but I think, I think the impact of the show though, and, and the, the uh, movement from kind of one level of fan to another level of fan is pretty common, right? Like that's what we hear is I didn't really know. Right. And there's these, these layers to the Prince community that uh, a lot of times people don't see. So I think your story resonates and fits in a similar, uh, a similar vein. So with, with this story, you're, you're, you're looking, how, how did it all start? It's the Minneapolis schools are on strike, Right. And how did you get tasked with finding video for that strike? I didn't get tasked with finding oh, yeah. video for that strike. That's interesting. You're just, I'm just curious. curious. 
I hope over the course of the next few minutes, you'll understand just how shocking it is that we found this video. But um, uh, yes, the Minneapolis teachers, it, it started before the teachers went on strike here in Minneapolis this year. And so before that strike happened, we were trying to offer context to this current strike possibility by showing this is the last time a strike happened in Minneapolis with the teachers union. And so that was 19... 70. And so our assistant news director, Patrick Armijo, had the idea to, you know, let's check the archives. Let's see if we have anything from that. So we can, you know, we're, we're a visual medium, we're a television mm -hmm. station. So we like to show people this is what it was like back then. And so uh, we, uh, he went to the basement to find, to see if we had any film. Sure enough, we did have film. So he carries up a stack of film reels and gives it to our operations manager who, uh, then scrounges up a film projector that from an office upstairs, you know, we don't have, this is not a common yeah. thing. I've yeah. That was, my, that was my question. How frequently do you get into these archives and go through this type of uh... For film? I can confidently say that in the 20 years I've been here, we've, we've done that less than five times and probably Jeez. three. And so this is one of three times in 20 years that we've taken film and restored it to digital. How much so film is there? I mean, I, I heard that there was a lot that was destroyed as part of something yeah, that had a, happened. Yeah, there was a flood in the late 70s at our old building, and there were four shelves of, of film, and the bottom two shelves were flooded, and the top two shelves survived. So this was on the top two shelves. Uh, and then when they moved from the old building to the new building, someone uh, had the horrible idea to start throwing away film. So huh. they ended up throwing away some of the other um, archive. Uh, so what remains is about a thousand reels, um, which sounds like a ton, but it's, you know, it's a lot, they take up a lot more space than, than yep. media nowadays. So um, it's, it's, there's a significant amount, but it's also not, not nowhere near the amount of film that we had uh, at one point. So, yeah, if, if the film would have been collected over the decades, it would be a much bigger, uh, right set of reels that were in there. So right. you got a limited amount of back. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Uh, we no, do go back to tape, you know, we, we get, you know, it went from film to three quarter inch to yep. beta to DVC pro. And so we, we use the beta and three quarter inch and DVC pro much more often than film, mm -hmm. but film we just don't do because it's, it's difficult. It's, it takes a lot of work. So when did the, when did those transitions happen when you, when film became kind of outdated? Well, I don't you don't have to answer before, exactly, but yeah, it was before my way before my time. So I'd say three quarter inch probably started in the late seventies. Okay. And then beta would have started in the, mid eighties, maybe up to 90. And then from about 90, early nineties until really 2008, I think was when we went fully digital. So, uh, 2000 that, and that was a little DVC pro tips yep. that are about yep. the size of a cassette table. And, uh, so, so, I mean, there's, there's a limited amount there that the mediums have shifted. So going back in time to the film is, is a rare occasion. And, this in this strike, you're trying to get some context. You could you could locate it in history. Hey, let's get these films. They bring them up from the basement. You find the reels. Where do you step in here? Yeah. So the operations manager got 13 minutes of a film reel and moved that 13 minutes onto our digital uh, video storage system, which is called Stratus. And then he sent an email to the managers saying uh, to the news managers, which I'm one of those. And just saying, hey, the film from the 70 teacher strike is, is in the system. Take a look. We can use it now for stories and, 
and uh, go from there. So again, I have no reason to look at this because I'm not part of the story. I'm not on the editorial side of things right now at the station. And, but I was curious because uh, I like history. I grew up in Minneapolis. So I, I just looked at the film or looked at the, at the digitized film and because I wanted to see if I could see my old, you know, see if Southwest High School or Fulton Elementary or, <laughs> or uh, whatever Anlock was at the time. I don't yeah, know what it yeah. was. But. So your, your curiosity was based on your kind of physical, experiential connection to the district. Like that, that was the major driver is I want to see if these yes. schools are here and if I recognize these buildings. Yes, that's all it was. And so just the same, same thing if you were to see old pictures of first Ave or head up an Avenue would like just to see what the buildings looked like at the time. That's what I was doing. And so I, I sat down and I, or I was at my desk that I'm sitting at right now and I scrubbed through um, just to keep looking at it. I noticed the governor's mansion. That was one thing that the only thing I recognized, I didn't recognize any of the schools. And then as I got near the end, about 11 minutes and 15 seconds into the clip, he was interviewing or they were interviewing some, some kids and for whatever reason, I kind of slowed down as I went through those kids. And, you know, for me, it was pretty immediate that when I saw his face, it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> that looks very familiar. And I, I looked at it a couple times and then I Googled him because I wanted to make sure that the timeline fit, you know, yeah. so I Googled his birthday um, and he was born in 1958, June 7th, which happens to also be my birthday. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> Not 1958. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll remember that forever, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I looked it up and, I, and then I did the math. I was like, okay, it would have been 11 years old. And the, he... And is this like, just you, like, in your office by yep, yourself? Yep, I'm in my office and I'm stunned. And I'm like, I can't, I can't believe this. Cause I was really right away. I was like, that's gotta be him. It really has to be. Once I knew that it was an 11 year old I, or once I knew that Prince was 11 at that time, yep. I was like, man, that really looks like him. And so then I went out to the newsroom and this was in our, in our story that aired on TV that a lot of people have seen at this point. Uh, I went out to the newsroom and just kind of went up to people and said like, Hey, go check out, you know, whatever the clip was called yep. in our system and said, check it out and just let me know what you see at 11.15. And every, every, you know, people scroll through and they, they were like, man, that looks like Prince. That looks like Prince, 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 Prince. Every single person said it looks like Prince. Maybe a couple people I had to be like, do you think that looks like Prince? And then they were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I called the anchors. They were later in the day, they were doing their show. And I called them in after the five o'clock newscast. And I said, hey, check this out. Look what I found. And so we were getting pretty excited right away because uh, everybody – could see the resemblance. Uh, and uh, so then we went from there. Then, then it started, then it started the search because we're, we're, you know, luckily we're journalists and we weren't going to yeah. say absolutely like that's the kid unless we, yeah. unless we know for sure. You gotta go, you gotta go uh, drive some sources, you know I mean? Just, yeah. to, just to pause before we talk about the search, you know, I mean, one, kind of the build on that whole piece. I mean, it gives me physical chills thinking about it, you know, and, you know, my mom texted me the other day and she was like, I saw, I saw the clip or saw the video, you know, and she's like, it's amazing. I said, mom, it's miraculous. You know, like it really <laughs> is to, to, I mean, from a word perspective, I cannot think of a better, more appropriate word uh, than miraculous that this video was found and the way in which it's found and the information that you just shared 
makes it even more miraculous, right? I mean, the 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 number of things that had to go right There's to get you watching things. it, seeing it. You know, I mean, it is it is truly um, a miracle. So, just wanted to kind of note that that it's it is um, it's just miraculous. If it's the, the teachers, best word. if there wasn't a, a collective bargaining argument yep. this year in twenty twenty two, there if there was no teacher strike, there we would never have gotten that. That film out of the basement. If the first and, and let's be honest, if you would have been doing your job, you wouldn't have been looking at that video. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's very true. I was killing well, some time. Uh, and who who would have who else would have done that normally or like yeah. not normally Producers, but like you know uh, a producer reporter you know so there's definitely a chance that later in the week or whatever that somebody else would have gotten that seen far it. into the film. Yeah, but there's not that again. It's really not. I, I'm not trying to like take all the credit here but it's not very usual to get that far into b-roll with you know like yeah. footage of something like that you don't typically go 11 minutes in and the only reason i was doing that was because i was uh curious and you know if, if well, that's what i'm saying that other person probably wasn't curious about the buildings and here you right, are so they would have taken the first they would have taken the first five minutes of the film and used that for whatever story they were doing and, and most likely never would have gotten to to the 11 minute. Oh, the other important part about this is that there was no audio on it. So it was, okay, just, right. it was just silent film at the time. And so, you know, again, you would, you definitely wouldn't like include yeah, that kid in whatever story we were doing because it was silent and he was talking. So you wouldn't use that chunk of. of yeah. Yeah. You know. So it's hard to, so to want to watch it further through into the 11 minute mark, it, it gets harder because there's, there's no, you can't hear what they're saying. So the interviews are, not that, things. not that, ex, <laughs> not that exciting. So now the search is on, um, you, you've seen the video, you've gotten, you know, your confirmation from your colleagues saying this is happening. Everybody's amped up. Like what's the process by which you go from, we found it, we think it's him. And now we got to validate. How, how does that work? How do you, yeah. well, you had, get, you the had search to get the audio, committee. right? You had to get the audio next. We, right? didn't, we didn't actually, at first we didn't, well, yes, we wanted to get the audio. And so the same guy who had restored the film and put it into our digital system, he reached out to a company in Minneapolis uh, who could get the, get the audio off of it. But it took, it took him like, I don't know, six or seven days. So it was another just long wait before. Because yep. we were hoping that he would just say in the middle, at the beginning of the interview, what's your name? Is it Prince. Yeah, it's you know, Prince. Yep. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> but he didn't. So anyway, so we sent the film out to get the audio. And in the meantime, then we started... Um, reaching out to uh, sources and acquaintances and people who might know people who knew Prince back then or who we knew knew Prince back then, like his sister or, or people like that. But I will say this wasn't like, uh, it was cool, but it wasn't breaking news. It wasn't important news. This was not yep. something yep. that we needed to to get on TV the next day. So we were, you know, lazy is the wrong word, but we were pretty nonchalant about it. We were not yep. like, urgently trying to get this confirmed if, if it would have been an important story it would have been you know no yep. no holds barred getting getting everything going yep. for it but, but so there's, currently, it was, there's currently a teacher strike there's a war yeah, going on in ukraine you know stuff's happening yeah and still in in the back of your mind like you know if that's prince you know it's absolutely big deal i know that when we publish it it is going to go it's going to yeah. be big time i'm positive that that's going to happen <laughs> I, I i actually you know I did underestimate it though. I knew it was going to be big, but I did not 
anticipate this. So yep. we'll get to that part later. But uh, yeah, he we so we started giving it to a few random people. So like Amelia, our our main anchor, uh, is friendly with Jimmy Jam. She knows Jimmy Jam and, and his wife, and so she we had her text just a still shot of of it yep. to him to see if back in the day if, to see if he would say it. Um, and I don't know what the, I don't, I, you know, I'm not her, so I don't know what his, if he didn't respond or if he responded and said, I'm not sure or what, yep. but that, that went nowhere. Um, we had a couple other reporters just reach out to Taika and to a few other people. Um, and, and again, I did not, I was not the person doing those yep. calls. So I'm not really sure exactly mm-hmm. what the, but the bottom line is we never got an answer. Uh, and then I reached out to Dudley and uh, I was, you know, very careful <laughs> and he was very understanding to say, look, I'm going to send you this video, but you cannot screw me and, and get it, <laughs> put it out somewhere else. You know, I know that, you know, it's cool. Please don't. It's, it's been a nice 20 year career that will end quickly if all of a sudden this film shows up somewhere else. But I knew Dudley had connections, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and so I asked him to as carefully as possible show other people. And I asked him not to send it to other people uh, for the same reason that I was worried to send it to him or to send it to anybody is I'm worried that right. it's going to end up on Twitter before we have a chance to release it. So Dustin, yep. how do you get the video? So Matt's, Matt's got, he's gone through a couple, they're, they're looking for it. And now how, how do yeah. you get the video? What does that look like? So Matt, Matt sent me a text and basically he was like, this is, would be easier to explain. Can you call me? Uh, I was going into a Timberwolves game. I called him right away, walking through the skyway. He explained what's going on. He said, I'm going to email you this video. You know, can you take and just a look so at we're, it? Just real clear, Dustin does the music for the Timberwolves. So he's he's the in-game sound. So like when he's going to a Timberwolves game, he's in like yeah. going to work. Going to work, yeah. making it happen. Going, going to work. So I got, the, I got the video, opened it up on my laptop, watched it once, and – I mean, obviously I couldn't, can't confirm that it's Prince, but I, you know, looking at it, I was like, man, that really looks like him when he does the side eye thing. And the other thing that really struck me is when he said, um, cause he always would say, um, before he would speak, like he's getting his thoughts together before he would speak. So right there, I was just like, man, that really, I text him back. I was like, man, that really looks, you know, that really looks like him. It doesn't really sound like him, but it's Prince as a kid. So no one knows what Prince sounds like as a kid. Uh, and then uh, Heidi Vader, who works at the Target Center also, um, she happened to be there. And, and Heidi, what's, runs, what's Heidi's story, Dustin? She runs the Purple Playground. Um, she's obviously a huge Prince fan and on our list to get on a, our podcast for an interview, uh, for sure. But I just, you know, and at this time there was, you know, music playing, it was loud. So I just showed her the video. She didn't see the audio either. And I was like, Hey, I quickly explained to her. I was like, just watch this real quick and let me know what you think. And immediately she was like, Oh my God, that looks like him. That that's gotta be Prince. That looks really looks like Prince. And she was jacked about it. You know, later on in the night, she came up to me and she was like, that's Prince. (laughs) So immediately, you know, it was just like, I'm just trying to figure out how I can help Matt out and who I can get this to. So, you know, we kind of exhausted some things, but again, it was like, 
I can't so, just send this video to someone. Right. Yeah. So how do yeah. you know? We gotta. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, we gotta, you gotta, you gotta coordinate <laughs> some stuff. So how long was it between when you got it at the Target Center and didn't tell me anything about it? By the way, Matt. I mean, kept he kept it tight for a minute, <laughs> and when I was watching it at your house. So how long I, was that? I think that was about a week or so. Oh and, man, you were and, supposed to say like a day. Come on. <laughs> well, well, it, it, no, because I wanted to show, I didn't want to tell you anything about it. And I just wanted you to watch it. Yeah. And that's how I presented it to Mark as I just yeah. said, just watch this video. Yeah. And I, so we're doing a Prince night or we're streaming. It's 319. Yep. Yep. So it's 319. We got a live stream. Uh, Dustin's playing music and we're just hanging out at his house and we, you know, Dustin does his whole thing. And then we go to some live stuff and drop the needle. So we're in the background. It's Dustin, our friend, Keith, uh, another guy, Rob, and we're just hanging out and, you know, we're just hanging out, right. Listening to Prince music, Dustin turns down the music. Hey, Mark, I want you to watch this. I was waiting and, for this moment, too. I was dude, like, and it was, I mean, and just like so if you don't know Dustin, like he is the master of teeing up the situation. Like he had he had moved the chess pieces to the perfect moment in time. It's about two in the morning, maybe. I mean, it's it's getting late, yeah. you know, way past my bedtime. And I'm watching this thing and I'm like, what am I watching even? Like he gave no context, no understanding, no <laughs> nothing um and you know by the time prince comes on the screen in in full effect i'm you know my mind is catching up to it my shock is at like the next level and you know i pretty much give after that watch you know the 100 mark bondy guarantee that that is i I was like there is no way that that is not prince i said there is absolutely zero way and i'm Telling Keith, I'm like, you got to text Matt Liddy. And yeah, he's text like, Matt no, right it, now. It, it's, it's two in the morning. I'm like, no, you got to text him now. This is like, this yeah, is critical bed, I news. I way earlier than, uh, than 2 a.m. So. <laughs> you know, so anyway, and I was I was certain that it was Prince. And I also um, thought to myself, this is big. You know, like the, when I saw it, you know, and, and it takes you a little bit, kind of your shock to kind of catch up. Uh, but I knew that this thing was going to be big, right? I think it would have kind of broad pop appeal for sure. Uh, but also within the kind of Prince community, like this is this is a real gem. So I see it. I give the 100% Mark Bondi guarantee that doesn't move the needle with, with Matt. So how do you get to the stories? Uh, WCCO has higher journalistic somebody born many Somebody born many years after this film was taken is not going to yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to take yeah. that guarantee. Yeah, as, no, as I get a, it. You guys got journalistic. incredible journalistic uh, organization. We're not going to yep. take that. So, so we, uh, you know, honestly, luckily, None of the things that we had tried up to this point had really worked. Again, we were not trying constantly to do it. It was more just like send an email or send a text and see if we could get it. And so I'm happy that Dustin didn't get back to me and say, I have this person to say yes, or or Jimmy Jam get back to us and say, yes, that's him. Because then what we ended up doing is we were about in late March, the 20 something of March, we, uh, the managers again, were having a conversation about what to what we should do with this video because we have we've had it for almost a month now and, and it's not getting anywhere but we know that it's going to be big we know mm-hmm. that it's absolutely going to be here so we decided what we'll do is we'll give it to a reporter and a photographer to do a story on it and it, the story will be their search to decide to to find out if it's prince yeah and if if at the end of the story they have found nothing and 
then that will just be part of the story. They'll we'll say it. We'll say this is what we tried to do. We did this mm-hmm. step, this step, this step. We talked to these five people. We looked at the film, and in the end, we don't know. Tell us what you think. World, do you think this is? Yep. Do any of you yep. know uh, somebody who could confirm it? Or yep. is you know is this Charles Johnson who grew up yeah. in Minneapolis <laughs> and just, hey, man, just looks me. very much like Prince? <laughs> yeah, you know we did. That's the most. That was the biggest worry for us when yep. we before we. Uh, threw it out into the world is what if we're wrong and it's yep. just some other random dude <laughs> who grew up in Minneapolis. So anyway, we assigned the story to Jeff uh, Jeff Wagner and Joe Berglove. Uh, Jeff's the reporter and Joe Berglove's a longtime photographer here. And uh, they hit the streets on March 28th. So uh, it was a Monday and made a few phone calls and, and pretty quickly they, they kind of had the whole thing figured out within two days. So they, they first talked to uh, Kristen Jomler. I don't know if you guys yep, know yep. her or whatever. Um, so she's a big Prince fan and has put together kind of a timeline of his, of his life and times here in Minnesota. And she, they, again, we were kind of trying to do what Dustin did with you, which was, sort of tell people like we want to show you something but we're not going to show it to you until we're rolling till yep. we're, till we're taping this yeah so they went to her house and you know gave her a cell phone and then started recording it and she started shaking and crying and said yes mm-hmm. that's absolutely him you know but again it was similar to the mark bondi 100 guarantee she didn't count <laughs> <laughs> but she put us in touch with terrence jackson yep who grew up next door to prince and uh, same idea as they met him at near Loring Park and Loring Park in Minneapolis. And uh, they, they told him what we thought it was and then gave him the phone and recorded his reaction. And his reaction was, oh, my God, that's Skipper immediately. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, the first thing he said was, oh, that's Kitchen. And in the film, yep, yep, there's a guy the who guy says, before. I'm yep. Ronnie Kitchen. Yep. And the first thing this guy says without any prompting is, hey, that's Kitchen. And then he goes, <laughs> oh, my God, that's Prince. That is Skipper. And so yeah. he imme- we immediately knew that it was we were correct and that this was a moment of gold. And he started tearing up as well. He started explaining how important Prince was to his life and the, and just what it was like growing up with Skipper on the North side. And uh, his wife, Rhoda Jackson was also there and she started laughing hysterically and just saying, you know, it's just crazy to hear his voice and it kind of yeah. go back in time. And, and so the bottom line is what, yeah. what came about because we didn't get a quick answer was a far better story yep. because we had these genuine reactions from people who were from a guy who knew him back in the day who started getting emotional. He hugged our photographer and our, and our reporter and uh, he had good stories and he's talked about what music meant to them as, as kids and what, uh, uh, what was the name of their band? You guys know, uh, Grand Central. Grand Central. Yep. So that was the one that he was in with him. Um, anyway, so, uh, we got that confirmation. We were good to go. They start writing the story and, um, or TV stations. So we, and for cool for CBS and the Grammys on CBS for that coming Sunday. So we knew that, all right, this yeah, is going to work perfect. perfectly. This is perfect. <laughs> so we, we started teasing the story and, and uh, I think people, most people knew who we were talking about when we were teasing the story. We didn't yeah. show the video. We did, we just kind of showed the reaction stuff. And um, I saw the actual story. I was on vacation and out of town, but they sent it to me. Thursday night. So a few nights before yep. the Sunday night Grammys. And I just, the story itself 
not just the video, but the, the way that Joe and Jeff told the story was just so incredible because it was kind of the whole journey from my discovery to yeah. their, um, them finding out and, and uh, the story hit at, you know, 10 30 something on Sunday night. And, and it's been a crazy, crazy week since crazy week since. <laughs> yeah. I think what's interesting about kind of the, your points of, Hey, we, we swung and we missed on a couple of these things and, and, and the people that you did connect to and their reaction to it, it just made it uh, so human. Right. I think when you look at Prince and kind of who he is and how he's perceived and the pedestal on which he walked, you know, both in Minneapolis and, and around the globe. I mean, here's a guy who's, you know, making number one hits and is like a superstar, superstar, right? You go, you, when he walks into the Grammys, like everyone's like, oh, that's Prince, right? Um, you know, what, what really struck me about the way in which it was told and, and the video itself, but, but I feel like uh, Terrence really captured it is as this is, this is a guy from the neighborhood, right? This is somebody that had a home, had a community connection, and it puts uh, roots uh, to his superstardom that he didn't just appear, you know, out of the smoke and fog like a Dave Chappelle video, right? He didn't <laughs> He didn't just come through like, here I am, right? Which, yeah. you know, kind of the mythic uh, character yeah. of Prince, I think sometimes overinflates those elements. Yeah, and I think probably- this story and the way that it was told uh, really captured this humanity. And I think that's oftentimes what gets missed is we, we put him into this, you know, godlike figure. He's so good at guitar and he's written out, wrote all these songs, et cetera. And those elements of who he was are often missed. So it is actually, um, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing that, that, that I got told the way that it did. Cause I think it's, it's impact will actually have, you know, more juice um, long-term. You know, so, so with the, the impact side of it, like, what have you seen over the course of the last? This, it's been a crazy week. So for, I did yeah. not, I knew that the video was going to be huge. I knew that Questlove would be, if it, once it finally got to yeah. him, he would be retweeting it and, yeah. and he would be in shock. And once Sheila E saw it, she would, you know, I knew that that was going to happen. I didn't know that the, that, I was going to end up <laughs> doing interviews with the New York Times yep. or Radio New Zealand. I did a live radio hit with New Zealand. Um, <laughs> I didn't understand that it was going to resonate that much. Just the journey to find the answers yep. uh, that was going to resonate that so much. So, I mean, it's been seen millions of times. Uh, you know, New York Times, Rolling Stone, Newsweek. Uh, I can't, I can go on and on and on with how many publications have, have mentioned it. Um, and you just look at the overwhelmingly positive response from people too, is yeah. one of the things that as a news person, we just don't see that everybody hates yep. everything. <laughs> so it's incredible to get something that pretty much I would say there's still probably one or 2% who are, you know, they're just yeah, they can't really hate everything and they can't help themselves. <laughs> but the, the overwhelming response of people, saying they started crying, saying it brought them back to their own childhood, saying yeah. that they realized that it helped ground him to Minneapolis, like you were just describing, you know, he's sitting there with his friends and, and jumping up and down to, to mug for yeah. the camera. And it's just a bunch of kids on the North side. And, you know, it, the, the way it's touched people and the way people have become emotional looking at it, or even if you haven't become emotional, yeah, pretty much everybody's just like, that's cool. And that's incredible. That's incredible. The luck that it took to find that. And the purple one works in mysterious ways. Man. Like, how the hell is that? <laughs> it's so weird. It's a weird yeah, deal. The, 
you know, I mean, I, I, you know, connected obviously to various people around the country, you know, that have seen the video and, and had reactions to it. And, and I think the most common response that I get is tears, right? Mm-hmm. This sense of like, here, here, this is like, this is, this is amazing, you know? And um, yeah, it's uh yeah, it's, it's a really interesting phenomenon. Where, where do you think it goes from here? What, what's next related to the story? Are you guys planning on doing follow-ups? Is there more things that you're thinking about around um, what's happened here? Not really. I think, you know, I, I mean, of course we're trying to think of other things to do with it because it's, it's so incredible and we know what it did for our, uh, you know, social media numbers and our, our uh, page views and things like yeah. that. But but we also, you know, some people won't believe this, but we're also, we don't want to, to like go overboard. We don't want to jump, jump the shark and do, do yeah. silly stories just for the sake of showing it. I'm sure we'll show it again in other contexts, yeah. but you know, we would love to talk to his family about it, have a sit down with his sister or, or other family members to say, you know, take a look at this or Andre Simone or, you know, people who, or, you know, Jimmy Jam at this point or yeah. Questlove or, you know, those kind of things. If, if those people happen to come through town and wanted to talk to us about it, we would absolutely um, um, put a camera sorry, on them. Just got distracted there. Yes, we would put, this, put the uh, camera on them and, and go from there. But, you know, I, I don't think we're going to do a whole lot more with it. Um, we'll keep answering requests like this and yeah. doing I'm going to be on TPT Almanac tonight, which is the oh. television here in Minnesota. Nice. So nice. I'm terrified of that one. It's the first yeah. one I've done that's actually going to be on camera. So that's not going to be any fun for me. You, you know, you got it down though. You'll, you'll be <laughs> yeah. just fine. You know, and if you're looking for fans to interview, you know, our little, our little plug for those that yeah. listen to it, April 23rd at the ice house, you should come out. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I, I know you're hearing it through the news media and all the various people that are connecting with you, but um, I think the impact uh, is pretty astounding. Um, and I think this thing is going to live on in the Prince lore uh, for a long time. And Prince is, you know, while his popularity may wane some, you know, he's not going away. I mean, his the volume of stuff that he did, the impact he had on popular culture, the level of musician. I mean, this is, you know, I, I read a little deal that you posted on one of the LinkedIn things, you know, your 15 minutes of fame. And I mean, you know, I, I certainly, this 15 minutes of fame for sure, but I mean, you've inserted yourself into Prince history for all of time and space. You will be the guy that found the video of 11 year old Prince. How, how does that make you feel? I mean, that, I mean, you, your grandkids are gonna, you know, yeah. you know are, are honestly, gonna, are gonna be like that. That I, I know who that is. Dustin knows this. I'm a fairly reserved guy. I'm pretty quiet. I'm kind of, I would usually be kind of embarrassed about stuff like this, but I am this week. I am fully embracing this whole thing because I do recognize that this doesn't happen, that this is my 15 minutes of fame or 30 minutes of fame at this point or an hour of fame at this point. And it's just for such a fun reason and such a a crazy stroke of luck that I'm going to enjoy it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm going to go do this TV appearance tonight. I'm going to go yeah. celebrate with a martini after that somewhere and uh, <laughs> toast myself and toast uh, Prince. And, you know, I can, for the rest of my life, I can say that Prince gave me my 15 minutes of fame. And to me, that's just an incredible 
it's forever a, a story that I'm going to enjoy telling, and, and I will never get sick of talking about this. I know that my coworkers are getting sick <laughs> yeah, of yeah, talking about this. Tired of it. They keep no. applauding every time I walk into the newsroom just to give me some some grief about it. But uh, <laughs> that's what good that's what good coworkers are for. Well, <laughs> exactly. you know, we we very much appreciate you taking the time hanging out with us today, talking about this. You know, and and on behalf, I'll speak for the entire Prince fan community, right? Just the blanket statement, just you know, thank you for being curious. Thank you for seeing it. Thank you for doing the work. Um, I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing and just appreciate just that you were, you know, there and, and did you in the process of it's the impact. It's unreal. Thanks, it's unreal. Thanks for, thanks for not doing your job for a few minutes. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a few <laughs> minutes. I, I, keep in mind, it wasn't the full even 11 minutes. I was scrubbing through. So maybe like three yeah. minutes. That I three minutes. Perfect. But then I wasted a lot more time because I started going out and talking to everybody about it. We, we couldn't get enough of it. So uh, thank you guys for having me on. It's been super fun. Uh, this is nice to do a, a, a an interview that's longer than four minutes. So uh, we can <laughs> yeah. really kind of get into the details and uh, it's been fun and, and, Thanks to every fan out there who is geeked out about this as much as we are. And yeah, thank you, Prince. Thank you, Prince. This is Purple Highs, Mark Bondi, DJ Dudley D. This was Matt Liddy, Chronicle in the Days of Wild. Decent. Be wild.